Welcome to Doe, a podcast where we discuss John and Jane Doe cases. I'm Kat. And I'm Allie. So this episode's forensic fact is about criminal profiling. So as far as I know, it can be used as evidence in American court. Not entirely sure, but in Canadian court, you can't use a criminal profile as evidence. Um, This is because of the Dobert standard, which is technically American, but we also use it here. And it's about what kind of evidence can be used. Um, So basically, there's five rules. It's has the technique been tested in actual field conditions and not just in a lab? Mm -hmm. Has the technique been subject to peer review and publication? Is there a known or potential rate of error? Do standards exist for the control of the technique's operation? And has the technique been generally accepted within the relevant scientific community? Those all sound like really good things. Yes. So all evidence is subject to this. So the problem with criminal profiling is it really can't, none of this can work because it's purely subjective. Mm -hmm. It can be based on stats, but a lot of the time it it reminds me a lot of like cold reading. So if you go see a medium or something, you know, so you'll have things that they'll sound exact where it's like creepy exact. But when you think about it and when you look at like the stats of different types of offenders, it's just going, okay, who is the most common offender to do this kind of thing? Oh, they're a loner. Well, yeah, if you're looking at the kind of person that commits a certain type of act, there's usually a certain kind of personality that fits with it. So it can't really be subject to any of the Dobert standards, therefore it can't be used in Canadian court. And so, yeah, that's criminal profiling, because there's, especially recently with, like, Mindhunter on Netflix, there's just been a, a oh, lot yeah. of attention paid to it. And, like, with the difference with, like, him and general criminal profiling is, a lot of, I think I would say a lot of modern criminal profiling is based off of the stuff he found because he was... He was like, one of the first ones. Yeah, he or was the like... the first one. Because with him, it's different because he was like specialized in it. He was really the first person to be looking at... I think he coined serial killers. I can't even remember his name. My, Mr. Mindhunter. I will eventually remember your name. I'm sorry. I have the book <laughs> on my phone. I used it for an essay two years ago. Uh, but I yeah, really... basically with him, like he was the one creating profiles based on like the first person to really psychologically look at all these different offenders. But a lot of the criminal profiling you'll hear now is just like, well, looking at this crime, the person is this, 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 this. And it's like, it's not based on science or anything. So there, it can't be used. I just want to let everybody know that I took a peek at just the title of Caitlin's and I screamed. It was right before we started recording. It was terrifying. And I yelled so hard because I am so excited to learn about this case. I've only, like, I think I read about it on Reddit, like, a long time ago and I forget a lot of it. Anyways. And also now we know Allison cheats. Looking at screens. I just, I see the screen. (laughs) I look at it. It's bright and shiny. (laughs) You're a moth. Allison's a moth. So tell us about this case. On October 31st, 1979, the body of a woman was found in a culvert on Interstate 35 in Georgetown, Texas. She was naked aside from a pair of orange socks, which earned her the name Orange Socks. She had been strangled just hours before her discovery, although another source, I think the Doe Network, says it was one to two days prior, so really don't know how long she was there. Um, And her body is believed to have been thrown from an overpass. Oh my god. Yeah, which... If that happened, that had to have been, like, late at night or something. It had to have been a time when there wasn't really anyone driving, because it's not something you just miss. No. Also, there would, if it was a busy time, there would be a chance that this body would drop on someone's car. 
So you'd want to do it at a time when there's like no traffic. Yeah, because there's really no way to subtly dump a body off an overpass. No. And I like I don't know anything about Georgetown, Texas, so I have no idea how busy it is. Like if it's one well, like going up the 69 to Sudbury where you can go like half an hour without passing anybody, but and it's an interstate, so in my experience, those are like big, busy. huge highways because they go between states. We know Can stuff you about the U.S. So basically, it's a weird situation already. So the woman was white with shoulder-length auburn hair and hazel eyes and was believed to be between 15 and 30 years old. She was between 5'8", 5'10", and 140 to 160 pounds. She was missing two teeth, but I'm not sure which ones because nobody really mentioned it. Just two are gone. Um, but the remainder were well-maintained with no fillings or crowns. Her legs were unshaven and covered in bug bites. Now, it gets it with the unshaven things, because I think the whole point they're trying to make here is, like, she didn't keep up her appearance as someone in, like, the middle class or upper would, but I'm just like, okay, were shaven legs a real a thing in the 70s? Neither mm. of us were there, but I... But I have read a lot of my mom's old Seventeen magazines. I think they were. They were? I'm so pretty sure just, they were. So it was just the other areas that the hair could be free. I guess. Okay. They're trying to use it clearly as a Like, thing. oh. Oh, she unshaved didn't. Legs. She didn't, like, have access to all this. It's like, or it may have just been she, a choice. In the Wikipedia article, they make a big deal, or they mention it, but in the Doe Network, I think it was, they don't mention it. But I just had to point out, like, come on, guys. Unshaved come legs on. are not that uncommon. It's like, really? Anyway. Her fingernails were painted red, but they were medium length and dirty. And her toenails were very long. Like, every source I saw, they made sure to mention that she had very long toenails. Mm, okay. Um, She had a hairline scar beneath her chin, but showed no evidence of antemortem bone breakage. Hey, Caitlin, for those of us who aren't in forensic anthropology classes, please explain antemortem. Antemortem, also AM if you're looking at, like, reports. Just means before death. Um, okay. Then there's perimortem, which is around the time of death, and then postmortem is after death. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. However, she apparently suffered from salpingitis, which I forgot to look up what that is. It's a result of previously contracting gonorrhea. Oh. Um, what, what's salpingitis? Okay, here we go. Inf- oh, inflammation. Ooh, inflammation of the fallopian tubes. That does not sound fun. Ouch. Okay, that yeah. That does not sound fun. Because she was fully flushed and everything, and it hadn't been there that long, they were able to get a lot of that information. So that's appearance. Um, she was found wearing a rectangular silver ring with an abalone shell setting on her middle right finger, and her ears were pierced, but there was no description of if there were earrings or how many piercings she had. In addition to her unkempt appearance, there were other signs that she lived a transient lifestyle. The first is one of two matchbooks, which were found with her body, which came from a hotel in Henrietta, Oklahoma. And the second, and stronger evidence, is a towel found with the body that appeared to have been used instead of a pad, indicating that she might have been trying to avoid buying um, pads or tampons, couldn't afford them, or maybe had just run out. That's like... Sad. There was something about that that just really yeah, got to it me. Just like, it's just, it's such a personal thing. And also it just shows like, like she was just doing her best. Yeah. So yeah, that part of the story really got to me. I was just like, yeah. there's just something about it. So Henry Lee Lucas, the serial killer mentioned last episode, oh confessed to her murder. 
But nothing corroborates this. And since he's known for like 3,000 confessions, it's safe to say it's bullshit. So I'm not really going to go into that because it's bullshit. I have a feeling this is not the last time we will hear of Henry Lee Lucas. Did I say that last episode? I don't remember if you said that. (laughs) That might be my catchphrase. Luckily, investigators are just like, no, nothing... Like, you've given 3,000 confessions. I'm really doubting that this one's going to be right. And also, they, like, they looked into it. He wasn't even in the area at the time. He was contradicting himself and didn't match any of the evidence. Unfortunately, that's all the information we have about orange socks. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. However, on January 15th of this year... That is very recent. That's really recent. The Williamson County Sheriff's Office announced that they found DNA on Orange Socks' <gasps> socks um, that revealed two or more male contributors. Oh, shit. Testing is in the preliminary stages, though, so it's unknown if that amount of DNA will be enough to develop profiles. So with this, it could lead to perpetrators. It could just be, like, if she got the socks mm-hmm. from somebody else, or maybe, like, the shoes she was wearing had belonged to somebody else. So it could be, like, a bunch of Yeah, it doesn't necessarily things. say that this DNA is the person who killed her, but it could be a lead to another. It could lead to something. Yeah. Like, yeah. maybe someone would be like, oh, yes, I lent my shoes to this girl. Yeah, basically. Or woman, sorry, I didn't, I don't remember how old she was. Uh, 15 to 30. Okay, so she could be, anyways. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and I have pictures. Because since she was, like, fully flashed, they actually know what she looks like. There we go. Okay, so this is the, I think, the Carl one? It looks like a Carl. Okay, so that's that one. I'm not crazy about this one, just because she looks like a 1990s boy band member. People who don't know who we're talking about, Carl Kopelman, I think, is his name. Sounds right. And he does, like, if you look up a John or a Jane Doe, chances are you will see one of his art pieces. Oh, for sure. There's some that are spot on, like when I'll be showing you later. Mm -hmm. Like, this one's pretty close. It's just, it looks too much like a 1990s boy band member. It's, yeah, it's the, it's It's, the center part and, like, the... There's some, yeah, yeah. I'm just, so here's another one which I like better. Oh, yeah, that looks very realistic. This actually looks kind of like one of my friends. Who was alive, so and also not in the seventies from the seventies. So, but I think this is closer. Yeah, this was done by the uh, the uh, National Center of Missing and Exploited Children, which and I've seen a few of their stuff. Yeah, and it looks theirs really is good. really good. Theirs so, are really good. Yeah, that's what she looks like, and her orange socks look like they're really bright orange, bright orange, and like they're kind of cabled almost, but not oh. like they're not knit. They're they're like socks but they have like a cable pattern kind of like thing. a micro knit and with this case i also learned that you can't just type in orange socks into google and assume it'll know what you're talking about and got a lot of results for orange socks there needs to be like a true crime google i mean to be fair it was like the second result but there were a mm. lot of pictures of orange socks that i looked through so that's the that's the story of orange socks mm, well i hope that this dna leads somewhere yeah same, well it's only been not even Two months since yeah. that, so... So we're still in the early stages of... Yeah, so hopefully there'll be something. Yeah. I mean, with how how much progress has been made with cases in the last, like, year, pretty high hopes for this one, especially since it's gotten so much attention. Yeah. Like, this is one of the more well-known ones that I'll be doing, but that's because it's really hard to find information on other ones. Yes. As we are finding out. Yes, I think, uh, I think actually that's a good segue to mine, because we both chose ones where it wasn't skeletal, and they had been found in, in enough time that there was a body. Yeah. So that's what mine is They were recognizable. Well. So, my doe today kind of led me on this little journey of finding another doe, and their actual cases, their doe cases, they haven't been identified but who killed them has been identified and convicted. Oh, it's one of these! 
Yeah. So okay. I'm going to start with Ventura County Jane Doe. I'm not doing this in chronological order, which is weird for me because that I'm very weird. all about the dates, but I'm doing this in the way that I found them. So you can go on the research journey with me. Okay. Okay. I'll accept this reason. Okay. So Ventura County Jane Doe was found raped and stabbed 19 times oh as well as strangled on July 18th, 1980. She died hours before she was bound. So she hadn't decomposed as much as most does we talk about. Even intact fingerprints, which so rare in a doe case, I find. Um, she had no arrest record, and also um, she was pregnant at the time. She was five months pregnant, and they couldn't find a DNA match for her unborn born son's father in arrest records databases either. Okay. So she was found in the parking lot of Westlake High School in Westlake Village, uh, and this is in California. It's thought that she was hitchhiking near the College of the Sequoias in Visalia. <gasps> Ransacker territory. Oh my god. And I had a note where I was like, how do they know that she was hitchhiking near this college? You will find out later. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. She was thought to be from LA, Tulare, or Kern counties, but I couldn't find any reasoning for that. Like, maybe they thought that she was coming from that side of the highway or something. Maybe. I don't know. So If I knew anything about that geography i've been to california a bunch of times and i'm still like oh i'm never the one driving i know like you could dump me off the side of the highway that we took between long beach and san diego i'd never find my way home which way south i don't know i don't know the ocean's there so ventura county jane doe she was uh 60 indigenous she also had some white uh heritage and some asian heritage so now i'm going to tell you about her like stats i guess like um how much she weighed and the height and I have a question. Mm. So the height and the weight would probably be pretty similar to what she was alive because they found her hours after she died. Yeah, I'd say so. So it's probably more accurate than most yeah. cases. Okay. So she was approximately 15 to 30 years old. Oh, my she, Yeah. She was approximately 5'1 to 5'3. Uh, she was 110 to 115 pounds. And she had probably had a child before because she had an episiotomy scar. Did not know what that was. Uh, I googled it. Uh, oh, oh, you're going to tell me? It's not pretty. It, oh, I think I know which one it is. It's like the incision, I guess, Easy. to facilitate more space for the head. I'm. Oh, no. Oh, no, it is that one. No. Uh, it is a surgical cut made at the opening Mm-mm. of the vagina during childbirth to aid a difficult delivery and prevent rupture of tissues. So it sounds like a really important thing, but it does not sound like a fun thing to have happen to you. So back to Ventura County Doe. She has shaved eyebrows, penciled in eyebrows. I wrote that weird in my notes, but no, she, sh- mean, like, she shaved her eyebrows a, and then she penciled them in. Was that a thing in 1980? I guess it was. I thought that was like... It's very 90s. It's very 90s. Very 90s. Like, oh my god. But yeah, so she'd done that. She had birthmarks on her face. Okay. She was wearing red pants, white shirt, black sandals, and she had brown eyes and black hair with dyed blonde ends. I don't know when they did the DNA for this, but they have, I'm assuming it's recently, found a Probably. third cousin. Oh. So, things are looking good for this oh. doe, I feel like. Yeah. That's a really good sign. Yeah. So, I hope that we get an answer to this. That's Ventura oh. County Jane Doe. Okay. So, she was found on July 18th, 1980. Okay. Four days earlier, Kern County Jane Doe was found. Oh, and Kern was one of the ones that they thought Ventura County had gone through. Oh, was it? Yep. L.A. Thought... Tulare. Oh, yeah. I didn't even notice that. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. Okay, so, current County Jane Doe. 
she was sexually assaulted and stabbed to death in McFarland, California, or Delano, California. NamUs, which is the National Missing and Unidentified Persons System, says McFarland, so I'm okay, going to go with we're that. we're going to go with that. That sounds official. She was found in an almond orchard. She was also stabbed at least 19 times. She also died just hours before she was found. Uh, she was approximately 25 to 40 in age. Her height is 5 foot 4, and she weighs approximately 115 pounds. And she is of an unknown race, according to NamUs. So, almond orchards are a thing? Yeah. Almond grown tree? Yeah, they're a tree nut. <laughs> As the person with... I don't have the allergies, so I have See, no clue. I, I have the nut allergy, so I know... Yeah, so you better know where they are. Uh, peanuts are also legumes. Yeah, I knew that one. Because that's, that's the fun thing to say in, like, grade one, when you're doing the food groups. Yeah, It's like, or a legume. And I know yes. they grow in the ground. Um, All right. Nut so, facts. yeah, a little segue into some nut facts. Uh, so, current County Jane Doe was wearing blue denim pants, a pink blouse, white slip-on shoes that were size six, which immediately oh, I'm feet. like, a fellow itty-bitty feet sister. Oh, you do have itty-bitty feet. I have feet. teeny tiny feet, you so. You do. Mine are a little bit bigger than yours. So. Right, right, right. Yes. Um, the underwear. Colorful underwear and a panty girdle, which I didn't, had never heard that term before. Apparently, it's basically just like 1970s Spanx. Oh, I was thinking like the old school like pad. That's belt. exactly what I thought. That's what I was thinking. Or like just oh right, girl is pulling things in. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, so she also had brown eyes, brown hair, and she had lots of distinguishing features. Let's just do a rundown here. Okay. Her upper teeth were missing. She like had a f- all of them. In the, uh, in, I believe this is another Carl original. Shout out to Carl. I was watching, we're just like, gonna keep shouting True out Crime him. Daily, and you were on it. Carl, I'm talking to Carl specifically right now. Oh, we're right talking, now. hi Carl. Hi Carl, you were on this show, and I freaked out. I was like, oh my god, I've seen her stuff. Anyways, it's like half of her teeth. It's like you can see, like, some on one side are there, and some on one side are not. Okay, so it's not like the whole it, It's not thing. like a hockey player type hit. Okay, so it's just like, like a scattering of It looks teeth? like, yeah. Okay, okay. So, she had a four-inch scar across her belly above her pubic hairline, which I've never had a C-section. I've never seen a C-section scar, but isn't that generally where it is? Yeah, that's what my first thought was. Yeah. Probably a C-section. She also had a six-inch scar on her left hip, and some websites, I think like the unidentified Wikia, says that she had screws and plates in her left leg that did not have a serial number. Other sources... I think this was actually Namus said that she had a prosthetic leg. It's crazy how there can be such wildly different. Like those are very different. Like, like was there a even... leg there or not? Like that seems like a it's basic ins- fact. Like, that's so different because it's not like oh there were screws in place or there weren't screws in place. That's it's like there wasn't a leg there or there was not a leg there. And like if there was not a leg there, where did the story about the screws come in? Right. Because on the wikia, it's like. Kind of specific about how this was probably plate manufactured in the 60s. I have no idea. I'm kind of leaning more towards the prosthetic or the plate. The the plates and all that. Yeah. Just because the prosthetic, like there were any pictures of a leg? It just seems like broken telephone a little bit. Like someone said plate and someone assumed that meant prosthetic. Anyways. Yeah. Anyway. That's that's the deal with that. Do an entire episode on the leg. (laughs) Yeah, really. We could. Um, they're also, this is so interesting to me because this doesn't usually happen because usually the doughs are like, the doughs are like more decomposed. Yeah. So this doe had two tattoos, one on her left bicep, one read mother and I love you around a rose, 
And then another one, which was on her other arm, I think, said, love you. And then it had Shirley inside a heart and Seattle in script font underneath. I will show you photos of these. But, um... My assumption for that would be her kid. Shirley? Yeah. I just assumed that it was perhaps, like... This is just where my mind goes. It was perhaps, like, a lover that she left in Seattle. Because oh, Shirley's, like, a very, like, 30s, 40s kind of name. So That's true. Because my first thought is, like... Because just the cesarean section, just, like, mother... And generally, people have, like, their children's names yeah. tattooed on themselves. I also had a thought that Shirley was her mother, but... That, that seems weird. weird. That would be weird. And Seattle. Yeah. Oh man, I'm just going on a wild ride. I'm like, what if? What if it was her daughter and she had to leave her in Seattle? Oh shoot. I'm just like going soap opera. We're basically um, creating a whole story. We are. Based we're, off of this we're, one thing. Yeah. Okay. So I'll just. Take... Um. So the tattoo suggests that maybe she was in a motorcycle club, because in the 70s, tattoos were not as prevalent. That's true. And I feel like this is probably a little sexist, but I feel like they also weren't as prevalent in women. No, they definitely weren't. Like, yeah. Um, anyway. So anyways, uh, so she'd given birth at least once. Okay. And I'm assuming they know that because of the bone thing that you told us about. Oh, yeah, the thing. Uh, but also the scar. The scar could be a C-section. Oh, also the scar. But yeah, like, your pelvis does stuff. Yeah. That's a real scientific way know, of right? putting that. It's right on the bone. Like, you look at the bone, you're like, oh, okay. Um, so her DNA case, uh, isn't in the same stage as Ventura Doe's, uh, so I don't think they've, like, had any familial matches, but this is so frustrating because there's no info about, uh, there's, sorry, there's so much info about her appearance, but no potential anything. Oh, and also, they even have almost a name for her. I don't know where or why or how they know this, but she potentially used the name Rebecca Ochoa, O-C-H-O-A. I hope I'm saying that right. Yeah, I'm um, so and she also may have been picked up from Ruby's, which is a defunct bar in Lemoore, California. So I have no idea how they know this stuff, but that's just some information. It could be like just a witness. Yeah, someone saying, "Hey, there was someone my friend who Becky, like this or whatever." Yeah. Like somebody who looked like this was at the bar. Yeah, but if she was using a fake name, that's my guess. Yeah, yeah. I'm assuming it is a fake name because if they found a Rebecca Ochoa. Who was missing? They this wouldn't be it. You would think, yeah. Um, so, the, these cases are linked by DNA fingernail scrapings to Wilson Choist. He was arrested in 2015 for the murders. His public defender argued that because they found his DNA underneath their fingernails, didn't mean that he was at the crime scene. And the victims consented to sexual activity. Of you can completely, sake. you can completely find that out from fingernail scrapings. The intent of sexual. That's the thing. Every time, every time there is a defense, like the defense team, like I know they have to defend the person. Yeah, this was like a public defender. So. Every single time there's like a sexual assault or whatever, it's always saying, well, they consented. How do it you know consensual. that? Or if there was like violence, oh, it was kinky sex. The no. fingernail scrapings cannot tell you if it was consensual or not. Yeah. The fact that it's they are both dead. Gonna, and- gonna take a wild guess here. <sighs> Anyways, so he was convicted of both women's murders, but not for the fetus because of the laws that were in place in 1980. I guess they had to go with the laws that were in place when the crime happened. Does that sound right? I have no idea. I have no idea either. That sounds weird, but I'm okay. not. I'm not really well versed in California criminal law. Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> That's not a barely no Canada law. But anyways, there was no death sentence. But she. But he had two life terms with no parole. And I think they also added four additional years onto that. Good. Yeah, because he's a piece of shit. 
He has a Wikipedia, and I'll show you the photo. He looks like a total shitbag. Awesome. Um, he attacked a woman in L.A. in 1977. So it sounds like he picked up a hitchhiker. Uh, and hey, guess what? He removed the handles from the inside passenger door of his car. Oh, Jesus Christ. Sounds like someone we know. Fucking Ted Bundy. So he threatened this woman that he attacked in L.A. with a knife. She was strangled until she lost consciousness, but she didn't die. And he, like, took some of her stuff. Okay. And so in August 1980, which was like a month after he attacked these two does, he attacked a woman as she was leaving the College of the Sequoias. Who was from the Sequoias? Uh, oh, yeah, they yeah, They believe okay. that Ventura. Ventura. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, she was leaving the College of the Sequoias. This woman did not enter his vehicle. She gave Chost her wallet, and then he called her the next day regarding money. So I don't know if he was like trying to be like, hey, I found your wallet. Or, like, if he was just like, you didn't give me enough money. Like, I don't know what the context was, but, like... Either way. How ballsy. Either way. What the fuck? Yeah. Um, so, in September 1980, another woman at the same college campus, he kidnapped her with a knife, Ugh. bound and raped her, but she mentioned her husband, and he drove back to the college and apologized to her. What the fuck? Okay. Okay. I'm glad. Like, I'm glad like, that, that she not survived. In a but, worse position, but... But what the fuck? So he was convicted of these crimes and was serving a life sentence when the does were connected to him. Okay. So the reason everything stopped in 1980 was because he was convicted of these rapes and, and failed attempted, I'm assuming, murders and stuff. But oh, so like there were no, you mean there were no more Those bodies? two, yeah, and there, there, there were no- he was in jail at the time? And, well, because the one in LA, she lost consciousness but didn't die. Okay. The other one, she didn't get into the car, but he called her the next day. And yeah. the other one- she was like, I have a husband. And then he was like, oh, God, I'm so sorry. Oh, no, I touched another man's property. Like, I can only assume. Right? I can only or like, assume. oh, shit, you're gonna, your husband's going to come after me or something. I Ugh. don't know. It's stupid. Anyways. Okay, so basically Ventura, we could be hearing an update soon. Yeah. Hopefully. And then... Hopefully we get an update about Kern, too, but it yeah, sounds like. But a little further. Yeah, further away. Probably. Okay. Oh, did you want to see photos? Oh, yeah, obviously. Okay, cool. But yeah, I for some reason it must be because of Bundy that like when always from when I was like in middle school maybe upward it was always like don't first of all don't get in a car with strangers but also like check uh, the passenger door to see if the handle's there. See, I never got that information. I don't know where I got it from. Wasn't my mother? She taught me how to well not beat up a dude. She taught when I was I don't think I told you this when I was four. My mom's just like okay. You're going to practice if a stranger tries to grab you. You did not tell me this I story. did not. Okay. So, so I, I'm four. She's like 5'10". Um, so, like, she grabs me, and then I have to, like, get away. So, like, stomp her foot and yell and run. So, did good there. Uh, but then I turned around and started trying to attack her, and she's like, no, 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 no. If somebody grabs you, you get away and you run. You don't attack them after that sounds like the Caitlyn I know. I mean, has anything changed? She had not to be like, really. She's like, no, don't put yourself back in danger. What are you doing? Stop and meanwhile, you're just feisty little Caitlyn who's like, yeah, <laughs> no, I'm gonna fight you. I'll beat you up with my tiny little fists. None of this surprises I'm four. me. None of this surprises me. I know, me. right? So here is Ventura County Jane Doe. That is. Is that another Carl? Yeah, it's a Carl original. No. I was just, I'm like, this is like we're talking about a Picasso. Or I know, right? <laughs> it's a Carl. It's a Carl. That one's a really good one. Yeah, it is. And Ooh. There's, oh, dear. There's two postmortems. Do you want oh, to see I got it? distracted by whatever it's, happened there. The sketches that aren't Carl's in this case are not super great. I mean, no. I probably could not do any better. 
but... But we also aren't getting paid for it. I'm not also a professional sketch artist, so... So there's one. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can see her eyebrows and the oh. tips of her hair yeah. that are blonde. Okay, so they're not, like, fully shaved. They're growing back in. Yeah, it looks like they're growing back in. Okay. To me, she looks younger on the younger end of, like, probably still a teen, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Or she just Early has 20s. one of those faces. She could just be a baby face. Yeah. So now that we're thoroughly bummed and creeped yeah, no, out, we're sad. do you want to do the solve? I will do the solved one. Now get ready for this one. I've just read it and... Um, do I have to fight you again? No, I just can read with my <laughs> stop, eyeballs. Stop reading. Stop being able to read. <laughs> I also almost did this one. Oh, well. Well, well. But I didn't get past much more than her name. Left more for me. Yes. On October 29th, 2006, the body of a woman estimated to be between 17 and 25 was found lying face down on a pile of burning brush in an oil field off Fritz Swanson Road near Kilgore, Texas. Her body was severely burnt, but a lavender sweater and a pair of jeans with $40 in one pocket were recovered. An empty gas can nearby pointed to homicide and evidence of semen indicated that she was possibly raped. She was described as either white or Middle Eastern, um, five foot three to five five, ninety six to one hundred and twenty pounds, and her hair was either strawberry blonde, blonde with red highlights, or light brown. Uh, her age range was given as between thirteen and twenty five, based on the presence of two of her deciduous teeth. So your baby teeth. Okay, my first thought was tree teeth because oh, well, I mean, yeah, trees. that's how I remember it. Like I think deciduous ones, they lose their leaves. Oh, oh my gosh. You lose your baby teeth. I am learning so much this episode. Also, fun fact, you know when your teeth came in and they got the scallop judges? Yes. That's so that they can cut through the gum. That makes sense. And one of my teeth still has them. Right well, now phone. we're just going to feel our teeth. Here's right teeth. Right oh, yeah, I can see it. They tried to file them down after I got my braces off. Oh. They wanted to file my teeth. Apparently, this is a thing. They just try and file all your teeth so they're all, oh, like, even, and I'm like... Get away from me. I luckily have perfectly straight teeth, so I don't have to deal with that. Well, you can go to hell. Oh, thanks. <laughs> with my perfectly straight teeth. With your perfectly, you and your perfectly straight teeth can go to hell. <laughs> so despite DNA testing and comparison with dental records, Doe's identity remained unknown. In 2007, a suspect in her murder was identified as Joseph Wayne Burnett, a convicted sex offender. He initially denied being responsible for her murder. However, on October 27, 2018... He confessed to murdering her after luring her into his car on October 28, 2006, when she was attempting to sell products from a magazine. Oh, God. Burnett also confessed to murdering a 28-year-old woman named Felicia. I'm hoping I'm saying that right. Felicia. Is it Felicia, but it's spelled with an S-H? I've seen Alicia spelled with an S-H, so I'm going to oh, assume that's true, it was so Felicia. Okay, Felicia Pearson in July 2018. Oh in 2018, the DNA Doe Project took on the case to identify Lavender Doe. Did I say it was Lavender Doe? This is Lavender Doe. Um, and in January of this year, they announced that they had discovered her identity in collaboration with the Aerodyne and Full Genomes Corporation team, who you will hear about again, episode 6. Ooh. They initially intended to reveal her identity following Burnett's trial. However, on February 11th of this year, they announced that Lavender Doe was Dana Lynn Dodd a 21-year-old woman who was last known to reside in Jacksonville, Florida. So they just found this they out. I was actually looking at this one to do as my dough for this episode. And it just slipped into a solved and case. it was solved. And I'm like, oh, Convenient. well then. But that's all the information. Like, 
there's nothing really... Well, it's because the case is so fresh. Like, not the case, but um, her identity is so fresh. That there's not really much more. And there's going to be the court case and the trial oh, man. and all of that. So, so this is definitely an update We'll have episode. to do an update because yeah. that's all we know about the situation. Like, we don't know the truth behind it. We don't know any of her background. So I'm assuming more of that's going to come out. Yeah. Well, I'm happy she got her name back. Yeah. And I have pictures. Here we go. Okay. This is a compilation. Oh, boy. Okay, so here's a sketch of the lavender sweater. Yeah. And the jeans. Yeah. And her teeth. Yeah, they have um, the clay facial reconstruction, and they really emphasize her teeth. Yeah. It's well done. I know nothing about facial no, reconstruction, one, but it looks, looks really good. good. But also, here's where you can see, so there's two types of clay facial reconstructions. There's the ones where they'll put, like, a neck and put some clothes and all that. Then there's the ones where they just stick put the head, on a, head on a stick. Yeah. And it's very unsettling. Yeah, so that's what they did here. Her head's on a stick. Um, then there was a sketch uh, yep. by the Texas Rangers, who I didn't know were actually a thing. Yeah. Like, they're not... It, like, I'm pretty sure that's, like, a sports team is the Texas Rangers. Football? I know nothing about sports. sports. Hockey? I don't know. <laughs> Neither do I. And here we have another Carl original, I'm assuming. Uh, it doesn't have a something no? thing. Oh, uh, well, uh, signature. But it could still. It, it looks like it. It looks like a Carl. A lot like it, but this one's really well done. It is really well done. Like, this is really, really good. Uh, here's a three D thing, which um. So this is kind of what I was trying to do in my forensic facial reconstruction class. Remember that monster I created? I do. That horrible monster. This is what we were supposed to be trying well, to do. Well, good on you, cause you used Rhino, right, to use that. Maya. Oh, Maya. Okay. Oh yeah. Uh, if anyone is good at Maya, definitely look into a career in facial reconstruction because, yeah, do it. Um, so this was done by the National Center for Exploiting Missing Child Children. And her actual... Here she is. Man, they got it really spot on. They got it so spot on, it it's actually terrifying. Can I just say her, like, her hair, um, style really... Makes me sad because every girl I knew mm-hmm. had that hairstyle. She's got like the the two strands framing the, like the her an, face. The antenna. Yeah, the two strands. Like, if you went to middle school in like the yeah, early two thousands. Yeah, like, like this was the hairstyle starting from basically like two thousand two thousand one, going to maybe two thousand seven ish. Yeah, just makes me sad. Yeah, because like this half the girls in our middle school look like this, but yeah, they got. Now they know who it is, and now there's going to be a court case. I also have a picture of Felicia. Oh. Yeah. So they identif- like they knew who she was like immediately. And this was very recent, right? Like this was also 2018. Yeah. So they I they connected Felicia to what's his face, so I can't be bothered to remember because he's a piece of trash. Mm-hmm. Um, but he'd murdered her. And then from then they got the identity of Lavender Doe, I think because he confessed. Oh, I see. Yeah, I, I think that was how it worked. Again, we'll hear more through the court yeah, cases. We'll but yeah, that's Felicia, who we also oh. murdered. And yeah, so that's the really, really, really recently solved yeah. Lavender Doe. And as we have said a few times now, there will be an update once this goes through court, which who knows how long that'll take. Yeah. yeah. Well, so. Felicia, who... It just looks like a sweetie. She does. A sweetheart. And Dana will get justice. Yes. Hopefully. So. And then I kind of wonder if there's been any, if he's responsible for any more. Oh, probably. But yeah. So that is the solved case of 
Lavender Doe. Her real name, Dana Lynn Dodd. And that, I think, wraps it up for this episode. That's all we wrote.